This is part two of Campaign Convos episode two. So jumping off from that, um, sino sa mga candidates in your slate yung masasabi mong has the best rapport with the crowd? I would say right now, Samira has always been very consistent because I think lumalabas yung pagiging mascom student niya in a sense na kukuha niya yung kilitinong crowd. Mm-hmm. Tapos uh, when she gets very emotional, for example, talking about surviving you know, the Marawi siege and, uh, be, uh, and being displaced and having to leave behind her three-year-old son because you know she 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 she's really working to help to help um Marawi uh, get back on its feet. Na iyak siya, and then you can really notice yung nanginginig na yung voice niya and and the way she delivers her speeches because it it really makes the crowd listen. For Attorney Shell, naman numalabas yung kanyang pagkawiti and how smart he is. I mean, he is. A long-time human rights lawyer, founding dean ng De La Salle. So, lumalabas yun, pero nagagawa niyang mas conversational yung mga sinasabi niya. And I think ever since lumabas sila sa mga debates, especially young people look forward when look forward to it when Shell Jokno takes the stage. Mm. Sila yung pinaka, pinaka nagsa-stand out. With hugpong kaya, I mean, it's a, cl- it's a clash of different personalities. Meron mo nagsa-stand out in particular. Hands down, si Bato de la Rosa. Talaga. Siya talaga yung may natural, genuine rapport with the crowd. Kasi you can tell na people relate to him more than the other candidates. Mm. Because yung life story niya, he was from rags to riches, diba? He, he actually had the time when he was a squatter in mm. Quezon City. So, mm. Um, tas yun, he rose from the ranks ngayon tas naging PNP chief siya and then now running for senator so um, meron talaga siyang may stories siya that people can relate to tas even his accent I mean it's endearing like, you know the the guy from the from Bisaya who mm. is aspiring for a position that usually goes to the ba mga people from Luzon from Imperial Manila tas um, talagang yung song niya yung kanyang You Are The Reason mm. I know eh parang endearing kasi He's not a singer, but he's trying to hit those high notes. And, you know, it's just funny to see this big guy. Sobrang macho mo siyang bouncer, medyo nakatakot. Pero kumakanta siya ng sweet love song to the crowd. So, it just gets people. Parang, parang um, tough guy with a soft heart. So, which is also one way, mm-hmm. one reason Duterte won. Diba? May ganun siyang image. Um, to siguro, of course, another one would be Bong Revilla because of his, you know, Past as an actor, and then yung mga movies niya. So instant, instant draw siya to the oh. crowd. As in, when he enters, lahat ng babae titili. Really? Tapos shouting, Kwapo mo, ganyan, ganyan. As in, and syempre, minimilk niya yan on stage. Sasabihin niya, akala ko, hindi niyo na ako titilian. Akala ko, hindi niyo na ako mahal. <sighs> Tapos syempre, the crowd will go, hindi, mahal ka na. <laughs> so, ate, yung tanong ko lang, bahag yung gusto kay Bong Revilla? So, talagang, minimilk niya yung ganong kind of attention. Tapos, wino-weave niya yung narrative sa, sa speech niya na persecuted siya, pero tulad ni Panday, parang he's back in action and he will uh, 
get rid of his enemies or he will um he will vindicate himself pero in the end yung message niya sa speech niya is pinapatawad ko na sila mm. so para he's the hero who who has mercy on his enemies and will forgive them and is compassionate Mm-hmm. So, yun, instant hit yun siya palagi sa crowd. I can imagine Bong Revilla is one of the most controversial candidates he in Bong. Yeah. So, dun sa next topic, kung sino most controversial, it's him, mm. Jingoy, Estrada, and Aimee Marcos. Because we know of their, yes. con- of their issues, diba? Like, the plunder charges, and then for Aimee, yung dishonesty issue, and even way back during the Marcos regime, yung kanyang role dun. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but the thing is, they never... These are also the candidates who hardly give media interviews. I see. So there's kind of a a, tie, a connection there. <laughs> um, but si Jingoy and Bong Revilla, they're always defensive sa speech nila. Talagang, the first thing they will say is to parang allude to their plunder charges na they know kasi that people have heard of it. So alam naman nila na hmm. controversial yun. So at on, this, on the get-go, they will address it right away. Okay. For Ocho de Rezio, if we're going to talk about controversies hounding them now, I don't think Marami. I don't think it's gonna be like that with the pork link former senators or Amy Marcos. But if I have to say who's the most controversial, I would say it's Marojas. Just because andamin niya ng pinagdaanan bilang politiko. And we, we know about um, the Mamasapa no clash and the Sambuanga siege, diba? It all happened when um, he was interior chief. And he's still, and up, up to now, these issues are being raised by people online. Uh, we don't know if they are t- trolls or they are actual people, but these are issues that are still hounding Mar Rojas. And as he's actually saying that um, the, the candidates of Ocho Derecho are, um, have different challenges. So some of them are facing the challenge of being a non-candidate. For him, his challenge is handling the trolls and handling the disinformation being spread about him. So he doesn't... Iba dapat yung focus niya ng pag So it's possible that the places that he's going to, these are places that um, maybe he needs to talk to people so that he can address the wrong things uh, being spread about him. Um, and I guess controversial siya in a sense that madaming memes na ginagawa about him. Um, kahit mga, yung mga video, mga, nag, mga ginawa niya before, na, even during the Arroyo administration, they're still bringing it up. Bring it up now. Do you think he's changed since the presidential campaign in how he handles criticism? Lana na media questions. I guess he changed in a sense that now he's really focusing on his campaign. When you're a presi- when you're a standard bearer, you're not just competing for yourself, but you're competing to everyone on your ticket. This time it's just Marrohas running for a senator. And so maybe I feel like my sense is that maybe he's dedicating this campaign for himself na lang, which is pro- also probably why he's not be is not part of he's not he doesn't usually join the campaign of Ocho Derecho. Because mm-hmm. I feel like maybe if he's there, you know, th- because he was a former standbearer, the expectation on him would be taking some sort of a leadership role. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also inherent in Marrojas to take on that role if he's in there already. In terms of um responding to media, I think po the same but then actually. He would be very blunt about his answers if you ask him something some sort of um anything controversial for example sasagutin niya um and he's not afraid to show his emotion if the question so kung annoyed annoys siya. him kung <laughs> annoyed siya ipapakita niya 
kung natuwa siya sa kung matutuwa siya sa sa tanong papakita naman niya kasi kung hindi maganda yung pagkakatanong hindi din siya so napipikon pa rin siya napipikon pa din siya uh, yes <laughs> i mean I, i i can't deny i mean we do have a video of him getting annoyed with the questions about why he launched his campaign on his own and not with Ocho Derecho. Pero sinugod pa rin niya. Pero may kita mong it's a question that he didn't really like. Jumping off from Mar mm. and yung questions from the media, how do you think Ocho Derecho has handled media? Like, nagpapa-ambush ba sila? Are they very transparent on the campaign trail? They, they are. They're very warm to reporters and they're actually game to be interviewed all the time, multiple times a day. And I think, syempre, kasi, di ba, kailangan nila ng media exposure. Pero kasi, I, I'm sure in, in, in our experience as reporters, there are particular politicians sa limbawa na parang magpapakaawa ka pa minsan or pipilit, mag, alam mo yun, magpapapilit pa bago magpa-interview or there are those na one time, pag na-interview na ako today, next, next event, ayoko na muna. Or there are even politicians na, ah, ano yung mga tanong nyo? Tapos saka mo, tas, depende sa mga ibibigay na tanong kung mag-appear lang siya. And with Ocho Derecho, they're just, you can interview them anytime. Which is something that I appreciate, di ba? At least madali mo silang makausap. Is it, you mentioned kanina, mostly it's Sarah granting the interviews. So, most of the time, on any given sortie, you can always expect Sarah to give an ambush interview mm. at the end. So, um, aside from that, minsan nagpapa-interview sina Francis Tolentino, mm. Dom Mangudadatu, mm. um, sino ba ba yung usually, Sonny Angara, J.B. Ayers ito. But, um, aside from that, no one else wants to get interviewed. As in, si Amy Marcos avoids us like the plague, um, Bong Revilla. No, one time why. I tried to interview him and he was like, he just went past me as if he didn't hear ah, me. Talaga? So, si Jingoy, I think the one, the few times that he nagpa-interview siya, actually nagpa-press con siya, was, I think, because the Bongo camp wanted him to speak out about the survey. Yung, I see. Yung, leak, yung, yung unconfirmed survey about Bongo being top three. So, uh, ano, very rare lang na yung those controversial candidates have interviews. Um, and there's an effect, actually, na si Sarah lang yung nagpapa-interview. Kasi, syempre, we the media want to talk to her. Like, we want of to get course. her on camera because she's the president's daughter. But at the same time, she isn't running for senator, right? She's running for Davao City Mayor. So, uh, but we're here to cover the senatorial campaign. Mm. So, in a way, for me, uh, her her interviews kind of deflect or distract from the well, senators themselves, the candidates themselves. Because, of course, when we could have asked the candidates their stances on, on certain things, what we're getting is Sarah's stances, Sarah's positions. So, in a way, of course, it's still news. Interesting mm. pa rin siya. Yes. Pero because we're trying to inform people of senatorial candidates' positions on things, I think it would be better if we had more of the, the candidates themselves face the media. And the thing is, syempre, uh, bihira lang yun. Like, you have to ask them for, for an interview. Si Sonny Angara nagpapa-interview minsan, pero siya rin, before magka-ambush, his staff will ask the media, oh, ano ba yung questions nyo? So... Another thing is si Bongo naman. Nagpapa-interview siya minsan-minsan. Pero napansin ko, staged yung iba. Mm, like, hindi siya nasabihin yung mainstream, yung, yung, yung media covering the, the, the campaign. Uh-huh. So, you will, the media will just see him suddenly have an interview, quote-unquote, with um, other, usually mga state-run media. I see. Na, as if they knew he was going to be there. So, okay. hindi kami sinabihin. So, wala kaming chance to to position ourselves and get ready for the interview. But yung pala, ini-interview na siya sa, sa kabila. But only with select reporters. Itong not grant, 
pag-grant ng interviews masyado ng hugpong candidates, is it to their advantage or not? Because Ocho Derecho would frame it na say, mga duwag sila, they don't wanna face, you know, they don't wanna face the public. And I'm just jumping off from Ocho Derecho constantly asking the the slate to debate with them. But syempre, ayaw. I'm not so sure if, is it an advantage for them in your perspective since you're covering them? I think it's a disadvantage mm. because, for example, Aimee, lumaki yung issue at na-involve pa si Sarah for the si- plain and simple reason na hindi siya yung sumasagot sa tanong. So, Sarah was required to come up with an answer that pleased both sides when we know that can't happen. So, mm. what happened was siya pa yung nagmukhang um, parang negative kasi yeah. it's like she was saying this honesty is not important. Yes. So, uh, if Aimee just nipped it in the bud, gave some devi- decisive answer, something that addressed all the concerns, then di na sana nadamay si Sarah because pag nadamay si Sarah, dama yung buong slate. Hmm. So, um, I felt... But then again, maybe she didn't have a good answer to give, hence her avoidance of media. Hmm. So, I think it goes in two ways. Um, it interviews, media interviews will be a boon to you hmm. if you have a good answer. Hmm. But if you have a bad answer... It's just going to boomerang, okay. like what happened with Sarah. Sige, let's go into public perception, right? How are Hukpong candidates doing in pre-election surveys? They're dominating <laughs> the survey. So, just looking at polls, as in, yung pinaka-recent survey, lahat sila tumaas halos eh. Especially yung top, yung top three ni President, mm-hmm. who are also part of Hukpong, Sinabongo, Bato, and Francis Tolentino. They really, they really rose from, they really improved from their previous rankings. They're, so obviously, may upward trajectory sa kanila. The other candidates, um, they're a lot of them are in the top twelve. Like mm. for example, Cynthia Villar, top two siya consistently, yeah. diba? And then also Sunny Angara and Pia Cayetano, they're the ones who are in the top five, yeah. and they're part of Hukpong. So um, their numbers kind of pa-iba-iba. Like sometimes they rise, sometimes they fall, but they're always within the top five or the upper part of upper half of the top twelve. Uh, siguro yung mga n- nagdalag lang si JV Aherisoto who's now like rank 15 to 18 Jiggy Manika is still far from mm. top 12 because he's in the 19 to 22 spots uh, but the rest are doing okay I guess mm. like syempre Bongo we, he's, his phenomenal rise to 3 to 5th place yes, is yes. the success story of HNP <laughs> right now well in contrast <laughs> There's only one candidate that has remained in the coveted Magic 12, um, and that's Mar Rojas, at least in the latest Pulse Asia survey. Senator Bambakino Bumabana siya, um, parang he's, he's not in the first 12 spots already. Um, and the rest, well, they've yet to reach into the so called uh, Magic, oh, so called winner circle, at least si Bam, di ba? Minsan nandyan, minsan wala. Um, I think again the the issue is always people don't know who they are. They could they could be they are excellent in their respective fields. I mean, I would give it to them. But it's not the kind of field that and it's not the kind of work that will make you popular with the people. Um to be fair to them, their awareness ratings are going up. Um as, as much as 2 percentage points uh like 12 to 16 percentage points yun yung average among the other ocho derecho bets. But Voter conversion, um, mm. hindi siya nagka-translate. And that accounts for the low survey numbers. Mm. But you mentioned earlier si Shell was rising. Uh-uh. Or he rose, tumataas na rin si Shell. 
Um, I mean, there was a funny tweet nga before na, you know what, the only thing I noticed here is that Shell is already on the first page of the survey. It's true. I mean, nasa, nasa page two siya dati. Um, and I think I would credit that kasi mabilis siyang matuto as a senatorial candidate uh, at mabilis ding matuto yung staff niya. I mean, as, as a reporter, for example, di ba, una mong gagawin pag may reaction agad itong kandidato na to. Tapos maganda yung pagkakagawa or may picture na. Diba? And he, uh, Attorney Shell is more active uh, on social media. Um, and he's, he's been granting more, uh, parang, mas marami nang tumat, mas marami na mga nag invite sa kanya. And I think that accounts for, for uh, our rise to his awareness rating. I think it's at somewhere at 39% now. And, mm-hmm compared to, I don't know, like mga around 14% before. Malaki oh. nga. Pero as a, uh, kung makakonvince uh, yung tao to actually vote for him, we'll see pa in the next couple of weeks na lang. May is almost near. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you think na they can pull off parang a last minute thing where a few of them more than expected get into the top 12? Kasi may mga ganun success stories before, right? In past elections, like Sonny Trillianis mm. got in. Well, I'm not sure if the remaining weeks of the campaign season will be enough. If they will be able to get more donors, campaign donors, w- to give them the money so they could produce more ads, telev- television ads, print ads, radio ads, then maybe a abot. Um, but I feel like it's not going to be an ocho derecho victory na lahat sila makakapasok given all the circumstances. And so the slate is hoping and our supporters are hoping maybe kahit kalahati man lang sa kanila pumasok. So we'll see, we'll see. How about Pinoy? Kasi siya yung, siya rin yung figure na pinakakilala being a former president. How often does he join the sorties? Uh, former president Noy Noy has only joined Ocho Derecho on the campaign trail thrice. So, una, he appeared during parang the Thanksgiving mass when the slate opened their campaign on February 12 sa Kaloocan. And then, when all of the Ocho Derecho candidates gave speeches during the EDSA anniversary, 33rd anniversary, Pinoy was also there. And then he was also with them in Cebu last week. Um, so he's not very consistent. In it's, wala kasing parang Sara Duterte figure that's constantly supporting Ocho Derecho. Uh, siguro mas active si Vice President Tenny Robredo. Mas active si Vice President because um, she, she hosted the proclamation rally of the slate. Um, eh, meron kasing mga sariling lakad si VP. She has her Ahon Laylayan Coalition which she launched in 2017. The OVP kasi is focused on helping sectors um, and provide livelihood to different uh, different people in need. Um, and so yung sectoral coalition na yun, uh, pinupuntahan ni VP Lianitas. Marami talaga siyang set provincial visits. So she modified those visits in a way na lagi niya ng Lagi niyang pinag-usapan. Uh, kasama sa speech ang uh, Ocho Derecho as much as possible. Tapos, pag nagtutugma yung sked nila ng Ocho Derecho, dun, na lang, dun sila nagsasama. But it's not like Sarah who de- na, na laging nandoon. Narealize ko lang din, parang given that Sarah and the president have slates diba, of their yeah. own, um, and those, yung H&P, which is Sarah's, and yung PDP Laban slate, which is Duterte's, they have separate events yeah. which are 
both well-funded and well-attended. So, yun nangyayari, parang dumudoble pa nga uh-oh, yung resources uh-oh. available to the, the administration allied candidates. Kasi, they appear with Sarah one one day in a certain city, and then, and then a few weeks later, they go in the same area with Duterte this time, and it's the same huge campaign rally, it's the same huge support from, from the local politicians. So, in a way, parang Sarah doubled the influence of the administration, uh-oh. I find. And I think, that's one of the things that works for Hukpo ng Pagbabago, right? I mean, what else do you think accounts for their high performance in the surveys so far? But let's not forget that that's this, the truth for all administration mm, mm, slates, course, right? Like even course. when, during Aquino administration, when LP was the ruling mm. party, yung, yung blessing ni Pinoy was also like, sure to make you win, right? Uh-uh. So, because he was very popular, yellow was such a popular color, um, I think there was a time pa na some local parties would be in yellow shirts para lang mag-rub off sa kanila yung yellow magic, mm. yung liberal party magic. So, in that sense, this elections isn't that different from past elections. Past elections. Yes. It's really administration ruling over the opposition. But, um, yung isang observation ko lang din, si Duterte was in the same place Ocho Derecho is now, mm. back in 2016. Kasi si Duterte, siya yung kulelat before, di ba? Siya yung um, politician from outside who didn't have any local politicians joining his sorties either. And what struck me with what you said was yung small events uh-huh. na ng ng ocho, yung mga ano yung dialogues nila uh-huh. with sectors. Duterte did the same thing uh-huh. in 2016. Mm-hmm. And it, it was like small events. Actually, he called them message events. Message na events. he would have a dialogue with tricycle drivers or um, mothers in urban poor communities. And sobrang onti lang din ng tao noon parang walang local politician there to support him and meron din siyang back and forth with mm. with the with the people he had his running mate Alan Peter Cretano but aside from that there wasn't that much there wasn't a crowd mm. right so um i guess maybe there's something that Ocho Derecho can learn yeah. from Duterte mm. given that he was in their position before yet he won by landslide mm. in 2016 do you think that you know what could they learn from him i think it could be the, the dynamics din kasi is different in a sense that in a presidential campaign, at least last 2016, there, o- there were only five of them. Here, it's 64? At least more oh, than 60. Yeah. 60 plus candidates, candidates, right? And so, I'm not so sure if they would be able to pull off the same kind of victory as Duterte. Um, the come from behind victory won't. It wasn't easy for Duterte, I'm sure, but it won't be any easier either for Ultra Derecho. I mean, they would always say na we did it before with Vice President Lenny Robredo. I mean, she started with 1% awareness ratings right. and then she became uh, Vice President. And so I think that's why they take pride in their volunteer-driven campaign because VP Lenny was saying, you know, in my campaign as Congresswoman of Naga and then as VP and in the campaigns of her late husband, long-time Naga mayor, and then DILG chief, Jesse Robredo, volunteers were at the heart of their campaign. Um, and so they're hoping the same thing would happen again. But, you know, yun kasi, hindi rin kasi ganun kadami yung volunteers. Uh, I think the last count that they have is 12,000 volunteers. But I guess it, it, it 12,000 is a lot, but to actually wage a national campaign, not for not just for one person, but for eight people, I'm not so sure if 12,000 will be enough. But I don't know, maybe a miracle will happen that will favor Ocho Derecho, right? You never know. <laughs> There's still a few more weeks yeah, to, yeah. to May 13. Mm-mm. So 
So with that insight, um, Jean, nagtatapos ang ating second episode of Campaign Convos. Uh, of course, we are continuing to cover the 2019 campaign season. Um, if you want to know more about H&P campaigns, you can follow me at, at Pierinada. And you can follow me at Marisipeda on Twitter. For Ocho de Retro yes. campaign coverage. So um, you've been listening to Campaign Convos and you'll hear from us again next week. Mm. Thanks. See you. Mm-hmm.